Hello, everybody. Episode forty-four. Hope you all had a good New Year's. How was your New Year's? Um, it was quiet. 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 Yeah, just up on the top, um, a hill looking down at the city. And my girlfriend taking photos of the fireworks. Oh. I ended up sitting on the side of the road with a beer, a ginger beer, and the cops were driving past. A ginger beer. Yeah. Right, right. Cops eyeing off my ginger beer. <laughs> We are here with Corey John Wrist. I like the three name thing. That's not very Yeah, it's it's pretentious. Yeah. It's fuck. It's like <laughs> a, a famous people have three three names, right? Unless you're like Prince oh, and you have oh. one name. Lee Harvey Oswald, yeah. John Fuck yeah. yeah, John Wilkes Booth. <laughs> They're all uh yeah. coming for your Obama, you next bitch. <laughs> they all seem to be uh killers of some sort. Um How are you? Oh, I, I said that as I arrived to you, like, how's your New Year's? I'm like, eh, mm. I don't know. I'm not going to fucking lie to you. Yeah. I don't know. Just kind of, hmm, yeah, yeah. Weird, weird place at the moment, but I'm sure we'll delve into that. Yeah. Um, I, I'm finding the New Year's more and more harder to celebrate as they go along. I replied to a, you know, you know when New Year's comes and your phone starts pinging with like messages, phone yeah. calls, everyone's like, "Happy New Year!" Just generic messages. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I replied with "Happy 2762," <laughs> because for all we know, we could actually be like in a different year. Uh, let's not do that. <laughs> well, I don't want to fucking go no, down no, that no. road, man. I, I, at one point, I changed the calendar on Outlook on Microsoft Outlook to, I think it was like the Jewish calendar or something like that, and it was like. The year seventy two something something or other. Okay, and every like different people have different calendars. Yeah, I I just can't <laughs> see that logistically working very well for people. Yeah, dude, I I'll check it out. I'll see you on the twelfth. <laughs> Guy rocks up four and a half years later. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. Cue the Gregorian chanting. Yeah. Yeah. So what what, what do we have? The Gregorian yeah we're calendar, Gregorian right? Calendar, yeah. And so who who decided that? Greg. Greg, Greg decided. Greg Orion. Well, oh. that's what I call. That's what I call him. But um, you know, you'll get on first name basis. Hey, Greg, what year is it? Uh, yeah, twenty fifteen. I thought Jesus invented it. He died by invent. He in- invented it as he died. That's it was his cool. final invention was a calendar. Can you imagine that? That how baller would you be? It, like the day that you die is when everything starts. Or he was just indicating what time it was. It's like quarter past three with his arms. <laughs> you can't. People can't see that, but I got my arms stretched out like Jesus. And yeah. He was just like he's quarter to three. <laughs> he was cryptically Record telling the football us. football for me. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, gee. But yeah, you were thinking because we're technically in the year AD. Mm-hmm. We just don't use AD anymore. We don't say we're in the year 2015 AD. Right. I used it the other day. Uh, it, at my, fir- at my first stand-up gig, actually, I used it. I made a joke about um, being gay and that I'm that old that I have to tell people on Grindr I have to list my my date of birth as 1986 AD just to avoid any confusion. <laughs> and it, 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 that didn't get a very good laugh. The first part of that joke was good, but what actually I'm not going to tell you now, but it that part didn't work so well. Right. And so that's, that's fun. That's something that... That's really cool. So you just for people that don't know, you you've done stand up before. You've done one show before, right? I did my second last last week. Yep. Yeah, last um, day before New Year's. How was it? Uh, 
<clears throat> infinitely better than the first. Yep. And I was ready to sort of pack it in. I mean, you know, thank you, one and I'm, I'm out kind of yeah. thing. And I booked the second one in deliberately before I did the first one so I could had something I had to do, had to work towards it and write some new stuff for it. First one was shit. Uh, the performance was fine because... Being in a band for for seven years, you kind of get used to the onstage thing. It was still shitting shitting my pants about mm. it, but um, it was mainly the politics, the the, the green room politics, which yeah. is compl- which I found infinitely different to being in a band. And if you're in a band and I used to watch a young band play and they're fucking great, you're like, hey, dudes, come over here, have a beer, fucking yeah, yeah good good set. Yeah. No, 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 not like that in comedy. It's <laughs> like you go in the green room. The guys that are headlining are over on that couch because they've earned it and they have got their heads in their books and don't say a word to them. Yeah. The mid-carters are here and the the noobs are over here. Or the pity guys. I, I've seen a few of these guys. Right. The pity booking guys. Because yeah. this is just open mic nights, but you have to book in. Yeah. So at the, at the Brisbane, so it's... The, you know, it's a, it sells out every single week. So... I was with the pity noob guys near the door and I just hated it. Yeah. I was like... This is this is shit. I don't, I'm not having any fun at all. Yeah. Last week, all of the regulars must have been on holiday because yeah. I'm fucking kingpin in there. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> dude, come and talk to me. And like half the half the lineup was just new guys, mm. just the first timers. So I'm like, yeah, come over here, sit, yeah. sit under the learning tree, come and uh, yeah. sit next to me. So it's really that segregated. It's like yeah, that, yeah. Well, that maybe distinct. look, that's just what I'm mm, reading into it at mm. this stage. Yeah. But. It totally changed my perspective on it because I was I was ready to pack it in. I was ready to just leave after I did my set, and I didn't even see my friends who'd come at the end. I'm like, oh, fuck, you wouldn't believe it! Like I just had the great best time, mm. and I just never expected that as such a big turnaround from the first time I did it. So yeah, I'm going to be doing it. I'm going to. I've already booked in my next one. Yeah. Um, well, asked to be booked in for the next one. Yeah. And a a, a guy was really nice. You know, he wrote like lots of dates, like lots of. Um, open micers around the, around town which I never even knew about all these places in Frio and Brass Monkey and my life had always just been at the Brisbane like going there every Tuesday and watching and watching and trying to f- feel it all out so it was yeah it's great it's mm. it's replacing putting because I I don't know my band is having its last gig coming up this week right or this will be in the past by the time this episode comes out and I just had been in a funk for the last six months about what I'm supposed to be doing because it was like the band band life is was everything to me for seven seven years or so. Yeah. And now it's finished. I'm like, it just the way the band finished completely killed my enthusiasm about playing music. Yeah. Um, and I'm not sure if that'll come back or if that's kind of gone for good. But this comedy is like filling a bit of a void that I'm and I'm really enjoying. Yeah. So yeah, that's. That's been the last few months. Right. The band ending, me being depressed about the band ending, going, fucking just pull your finger out of your ass. Yeah. <coughs> so you, you're in Mezzanine, for people that don't know. You've been around since, what, 2000, 2008? Wouldn't have roughly. Yeah. Someone had to tell me the other day, it was I think it's six years, but my manager's like, seven years. Like, <laughs> shit, they're veterans. Does he sound like that? Yeah, he talks like this. <laughs> You're playing at the new port on Sunday, kid. Yeah, see? Knock it dead. <laughs> yeah, Tommy gun. Nah, no, he's my, yeah. Um, what was the question? Got lost. The question was, yeah, you, I, I was trying to give a bit of a backstory, <clears throat> oh, for, backstory. For, for, for Mezzanine. You've had some really good supports. Yeah, um, we had a good run. Like, we had a great, 
maybe who is six months to Greg. Greg, Greg Sanders, Sanders, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Sandman. Yeah. Um, Gun Fever Records, check it out. Empress, he's in the band Empress too. Sponsor. No. <laughs> no. And, uh, yeah, I mean, mm. you just, it, you go a certain way. You either don't give a fuck about the money and um, playing certain shows or it starts to creep in. And it started to creep in. Mm. Yeah. And when money becomes a, a, a fighting factor between band members and stuff, then it's, it's fucking doomed. Yeah. And then the enthusiasm goes. I never didn't lose my enthusiasm at all to the very end, but it just became a not a fun place to be. Yeah, basically. So yeah, more so the the lack of money, right? Or no, no just the way money is spent and expenses. Oh fucking! Who's paying for what? Yeah, sort of like stuff. oh, f- three hundred dollars a song mastering. Who decided that? Yeah, I'm like, dude, <laughs> pans up. I'm like, look, look fucking hell. Mastering when that, <laughs> aka. Uh, Pre, you know, pressing a, a preset, put, putting a song through <laughs> yeah, a preset, look, I mean, Pro Tools, EQing and, the EQ. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all yeah. about the frequencies. Yeah, uh, I don't know. I mean, that bill, that bill came to like I don't know, twelve hundred dollars or something, yeah. seventeen hundred dollars, something like that. Yeah, and it just became a big fight about it. And yeah, I'm just like no, that. You know, well, and the money becomes the thing. Mm. It's not about the writing anymore or the enjoyment of playing. Then. You, it's kind of doomed. Yeah, it's got to be liberating. To, I guess that's one of the pros of being a comedian is that you're accountable. You show up. All you need is a mic. There's no yeah, equipment involved other than your your writing and. It's your super easy because mm. you can go anywhere and do it. You don't have to lug this, or you don't have to, um, you know, worry about this being stolen. No mm. one's it's, no one's stealing my jokes. Trust me. <laughs> there's no there's no van out the side of out out back of amplifier with my jokes in it that anyone wants to nick yeah yeah um <laughs> if, if i can use that analogy that's but. true and you, you can pretty much go around the world and do sets yeah you could go to you know fringe and edinburgh and t- just hop so on stage and as one, do 10 minutes as one door closes another one whacks me in the ass and says go and do that yeah. or whatever you know and life <laughs> and uh you know, primarily, I mean, we haven't brought this up yet, but I'm sure on your little cue card there, it's got something about the fact that I started a podcast with a friend of mine recently. Yeah, yeah. And um, big fan of this show. I mean, I'm not, I still don't know what exactly this show <coughs> is. As in, neither, neither do we. we. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I, th- I think I, the other day I sort of came up with the, the thought that, mm-hmm. wait a minute, it doesn't have to be defined. Yeah. Yeah. And, well, okay, they're chatting about legalizing marijuana for half an hour. Mm-hmm. Or we're going to ch- chat about, you know, um, quitting smoking for half an hour. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Cool. Well, nothing yeah. wrong with that. I mean, mine, my podcast, which is called The Cough. But anyway, ladies and gentlemen, um, check it out. <laughs> well, ladies and gentlemen, well, you're seven, seven episodes deep now. Right? Yeah, we just recorded the seventh, uh, eighth this morning. Mm. Uh, so I, this is my second of the day. Yeah. But, um... Yeah, it's it's a different. It's a very different thing to this, which is a completely different thing to everybody else's. That's the whole point of podcasts. Yeah, is right. like you can have your niche, and it's like just fetishes. Like, if, oh shit, you like you want to talk about this? Yeah, yeah there's a, there's an audience for it, yeah. or there'll be there'll be something for you in yeah. that. The, so I don't really care that this might not be about anything. Mm. It's the Seinfeld like, yeah. podcast. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, I mean, I'm planning. To, I'll, I'm going to do a spin-off uh, podcast about feet. 
Mm, mm, mm. Just Sorry. feet. Just about feet. Yeah. yeah. I'll, I'll be on the first episode, man. You want to see mine? <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> well, what, what I like about yours is that you, there's a very defined structure of an episode. Oh, yeah. Whereas this is pretty much, you know, people getting around uh, a table with, with some drinks. And yeah. That, that's kind of the vibe that we've, we've always yeah, had. Open, open playing field. If we talk about how the moon landing was a hoax because <laughs> we're high then it's fine you know it's allowed to be that you know? as long as we're yeah. high yeah. and we talk about it um, and you know we, we I like getting creative people in the industry to come and just be themselves for like an hour and yeah. I think um, people have been quite receptive to that because they don't get to do that on radio mm. yeah. and they, exactly they don't, they don't there's not and you know you, you can fake it for five minutes but I find the podcast way more exposing in terms of your personality because you can't after an hour you can't hide behind no, no. Shit. You, you're going to be yourself eventually yeah I mean essentially this podcast can make and break people <laughs> well KJ and I had so this so how about those Jews huh <laughs> <laughs> right? no we know <laughs> we were talking about that earlier um, um yeah. My partner KJ and I, he, we had this conversation after we did a podcast a few weeks ago, and he's like, "How do you feel, man? Like, have you got any limits, or do you? Is there anything, you know? Because I'm not going to do certain things. I'm like, look, you don't need to tell me what you're going to do or what you're not going to do, and I don't really have any trouble talking about things in my life or what about your parents listening? I don't don't care, like." Mm. My, they're they're fine. They're fine with it. Like I've told them, look, anything's fair game, and it'll probably come up. Yeah. So, you know, it's just a matter of we we try to keep things interesting. Like KJ, no, lost my whole train of thought. <laughs> no, th- I'm it sorry. Like it happens. Fucking hell. There you go. Um, there you go. I, 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 it's, I, it's well, you're allowed to do that because it's a podcast, and that's yeah. what I fucking love. Is that you know you can have brain farts, you can <clears> say <throat> shit that you regret, and. I, I actually find the best podcasts for me are the ones where I walk away going, I think I said a bit too much about <laughs> myself. I think those are good. I think it, it, it's therapeutic in a way. And I think a lot of the people that get quote unquote offended don't really get the idea of what no, it should no. But also, having said that, it doesn't give you license to be an absolute prick and... You know, damn it! <laughs> Why am I here? And, um, and you know, you, uh, you know, badmouth people and stuff. I don't want it to become that, but I want people to be honest. That's well, the only yeah, thing. and it's that's just honesty. Kind of like I haven't really talked about that kind of band stuff, and I've been meaning to do it on my podcast, but I wanted to wait until after the sh- the, the gig, mm-hmm. after the last show, which is coming up next week. Yeah, this week, next week, whatever. Just really quickly, what the, the details of the show? It's well, it'll be over by the time. It's <laughs> no, no, no. This will be up. Um, oh, really? Before it. Yeah, this will be going up ne- uh, early next week. So oh, it's, it's on right. uh, January. The, t- the tent. Yeah, January the tenth. Saturday at Amplifier, and you're playing with Pat Chow, Tideline, and a couple of yeah, other bands. Uh, I Blackstone from the Sun yep. and Serve Rabbits. Cool. Uh, oh yeah, I thought this was being banked or something. No, no, no. It's going to come out next week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just my podcast is in a little glass thing on yeah. the side. Just yep. break in case of emergency. You have to handle it with gloves <laughs> yeah, yeah, as well. Yeah. You can't just go in there raw. <laughs> so I don't know I'm not sure if this is the end of, of me playing music because playing it's music. I, I don't know I'm just I don't know if I'm too old mentally now because music's a young man's game hmm. uh, to an extent I mean yep. to, 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 to tell that to the Rolling Stones but <laughs> well <laughs> yeah, yeah it's, it's just it's, I think it's getting a little ridiculous like all these lists that are, are put up about keep your eye on this person or that person hot yeah. lists yeah it's all fucking 16-year-olds. Mm. 
I'm like, dude, you, I didn't know what the hell I was doing in a band until four years in mm. when I was about 25 or 26. I've said that. I've, we've had a couple of young, <coughs> you know, young people that are, have come on the podcast that are, have been doing really well or, or were doing well. And <laughs> Past tense. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, yeah, I, I often think the same thing. Like, I had... I was nowhere near that good when I was that age. I didn't even know mm. what I was doing. I wasn't oh. even playing music at that age. <laughs> yeah, like the, like high school kids getting on Triple J. Yeah, like, I what just, the yeah. fuck? Doesn't, like, holy shit. No wonder Daniel Jones is so fucked up. <laughs> Jesus, like, there's something to be said about that. I mean, that's the same with... The, the, the depressing thing about stand-up to me is that everyone tells you you're not going to know what you're doing for at least 100 shows or something. Yeah. And I'm like, fuck you. Like, I don't want to... I don't want to wait that long. I, don't, I, I definitely think I've plateaued musically, though. Yeah. So that four years it took me to get to that point, I didn't really get much better. Yeah. Uh, in fact, a lot of people would, would say, like, uh, on stage and everything, I, I had my peak at that four years. Mm-hmm. It's like, I was energetic. The, yeah, the rest of the band was energetic. Um, and we just kind of had that f- hunger for it, which is completely gone for me now. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it bums me out. Do you do you think a lot? How much of that do you think was from playing and music, and how much do you think was external, like just life? Because I know people, you know, their their personality solidifies, and they get a bit cynical, and then, but it's often nothing to do with the music at all. So was it all to do with the band for you that killed it, or was it just just life in general? Because I think that can. Because people change, people have kids, and people yeah. move on, and shit like that. I've well, seen so I, I, many okay. people come and go. No, that's a good point because I'm a very sort of um, I like I quite I'm fine being alone. Yeah, and being in the band was a bit of a camaraderie thing. But what did you just say at the end of that? Because I, I was. I have no idea. People have I kids. I'm stoned to the gills. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> life, life ruins bands. No, life um, ruins yeah, bands. like uh, how much of it is, how much of, of how you feel about music stemmed from being in the band itself or how much was it just from life, like life and your, your personality? Do you find that you as a person, you're getting more cynical or more, I guess, unenthusiastic about certain things? Yeah, or, totally. Yeah? And I've shut things out, mm. shut a lot of things out. And I don't think it's a good thing. It's a very, very narrow-minded way of living. And yeah. Just being like, I want to do this and I won't do anything else. Yeah. And that definitely came through with the band because I was seen as a prick a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. Probably because I was. And hard to deal with and egotistical or like I had to have it my own way. So, But that was for a long time, that was how it was. And don't get me like, the, I've always been a bit sort of, I've always been okay on my own and I've always been a bit, on the darker side of the street but I don't I tried to make things happier towards the end wrote happier lyrics like I mean our first two singles were called Can't Feel a Thing and Someone to Abuse I mean what the fuck but I was like that and that's the dichotomy of it was that the more unhappier I got in the band the more I tried to make it happy yeah with songs like King of the Ring and Mannequin Man and stuff Mm. which are like very upbeat sort of things so that's the weird sort of cr- tip, uh, crossing point there is that when I was writing the really depressing songs, I was very, very happy. Mm. And when I was writing the... And 
I should say I didn't write the songs. David yeah. Jager wrote most of the songs, and um, we very much collaborated at the start. It morphed into where he would write most of it, mm-hmm. which I didn't was was a frustrating thing as well. Yeah, he wrote great songs, but there was no a lot of the time there was no changing it. Okay, and I'd always love to be a jam jam band kind of guy. Mm-hmm. I love jamming something out. Yeah. It takes an hour on one song. Cool. Mm. Don't come in and tell me how it's played. Yeah. Having said that, the songs are fucking great. So mm-hmm. I have no problem with that. I still love those songs. But the happier the songs, the lyrics I was writing, should I say then, the more depressed I was getting as a person. So, yeah, it's, it, there's two aspects of it that sometimes don't marry up. Mm. Um, so, Are you happy on yeah. stage? <clears throat> yes, that, that's yeah. one of the, the best places to be. Easily, yeah. Because um, I, f- I find the, the the live experience undeniably is the best one. Yeah. Mm. No matter how shit you feel before it, you know, oh. h- halfway through you can't you can't. It, not it wakes have you fun. up. It, mm. it gives you like sort of that energetic boost. It's almost like pumping adrenaline. Mm. When you well, walk you realise what you're there for. Yes. It gives that sense of purpose, and I, I can I can almost plot it out on the chart. You know, times I've been depressed was literally because there were no gigs. Ah. Like, a, yeah, like for, for me, that. it's it's that mm. black and white. Or or if, you know, three months of no gigs and I will turn into a, a little prune, I'll shrivel up, I, I'll, I lose my powers. Well, <laughs> on, what, on what you were saying there about yeah. whatever, wherever situation you're in, it can really pick you up. Yeah. I'm sure you've got stories or situations where you've been on tour and my example of that is we partied until about 3am and had a a 6am flight from Melbourne to Adelaide I've done that and I wouldn't I have no (laughs) no recollection I woke up in Adelaide in the backpackers had no recollection of get of actually getting there. <laughs> okay, <laughs> maybe not that. Hard, so but <laughs> I was like, "What the what the fuck? I'm in Adelaide." Yeah, and that was one of the worst hangovers I've ever had. And we get to that show and we're just fucking nursing it, like just getting hair on the, hair of the dog, just trying to get get onto it. Got on stage, played one of the best fucking shows I've ever done. Mm. Yeah, no reason. There's no reason why that should have worked. Zero reason. Everything meant that show should have sucked. Yeah. In work life, in riding a bike, in going for a run, in driving your car, everything is negatively uh, affected by a hangover. Yeah. Almost everything. Yep. A gig is one of the only things I can think of that (laughs) it's not affected by a hangover at all. Yeah, yeah. For me. That's just for me personally. Yeah. I know some guys would be like on stage, fuck, oh man, no, 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 no. (laughs) No. But if, if you've got. 2% 2% of your day's energy left, you ring that 2% out yeah. and just turn it You'll inside out and it. get Absolutely through again. Milk it, yeah. And then get off stage and collapse or do whatever you want to do, have another beer, be on a high because you've just broken through that fucking hangover thing. Yeah. Um, I was watching um, an interview with the singer from Interpol, Paul Banks. Yeah. Um, and I think what he said really rang true was that when you're young... The being on stage isn't the peak of the night. The peak of the night is the partying afterwards, the get the getting drunk, <laughs> the doing drugs or whatever. Um, but as you get older, the the peak of the night, if you can tune that towards being on stage, like the peak of the night is on stage. Yeah. Um, 
it's much more satisfying. <coughs> and and of course, as you get older, there's less em- emphasis on on the partying afterwards. You just want to yeah. deliver a good show. Oh, and that becomes no the the top priority. But yeah. it's amazing when we when we were young, we used to like play gigs and then come home at four or five yeah, well I was going to say morning, the, like the, the, the peak for me was always on stage because mm. afterwards you'd have to pack up you know, yeah. have to get home and you have to fucking do all that shit yeah. didn't even have time to yeah. fucking party afterwards I find it hard to go to after parties nowadays like I can't I use all my energy 110% do people still on do after parties? I think I do. haven't been to yeah. one for years I mean I don't yeah. play much anymore but like the last one I went to wasn't really I was thinking, it probably wasn't after party but it was a chap from um, Puck, Liam, I believe. He was having a birthday party, and he's in his early 20s. Mm-hmm. And we got there, Greg and I, and we were standing in the backyard, and we were just like, fuck, man, we're old. <laughs> we just crossed our arms like, oh, I can't look at those people over there. They're like doing handstands and chugging beers upside down. So much energy. I can't even touch my toe. <laughs> <laughs> and I try to t- fool myself. Like, I mean... I'm doing a triathlon the morning of the gig next week, right? Are you fucking crazy? <laughs> yes, I fucking am. I only do it because I need to prove to myself I can still do it. Yeah. So I do the city to serve every year. Like, I'm going to try and do the half marathon this year, but I'm a fucking booze hound. Like, that's another thing that's, I think, coming to a head for me. Yeah. I think I've got to stop drinking soon. Mm-hmm. I don't have a, I don't have a shut-off button. Like, if... You offered me a beer when I came in here, and I was like, no, thanks. Like, I know if I have one, then that's it. Like, I'm just... Yeah. <laughs> wheel me down the street kind of thing. But yeah. I don't know. It's getting to the point where it's becoming a, like, becoming a, bit, of a, a bit of an issue. Yeah. It starts mm. to actually, um, I guess, be detrimental to... Yeah, completely. To, yeah, yeah. And I think, and I, it, I think it comes with, with age as well. I think you just have to go down that road and then be like, okay... All right. <laughs> well, Let's I mean, there's a lot. I, I I take a lot of, I I heed a lot of thought, uh, a lot of information, and and take a lot of. No, I wouldn't say inspiration. That's the wrong word because I'm still getting hammered every night. But a lot of podcasts I listen to, are like comedians, mm-hmm. same here. And a lot of them are sober. Mm-hmm. A lot of them are alcoholics. And every single person that has gone through that and got to the other side is an infinitely better person. Yeah. So I feel like I'm at the age where I have to make that decision. And then, dude, you've got me at like fucking exactly the right moment because three months ago, I was still in denial denial about the band ending because that was my, like, my fucking boyfriend for seven years. Hmm. I'd shunned all relationships. No, it's all about the music. It's all about playing in the band. Yeah. And it's then who, your long-term... It's your who long-term, you are. Yeah, yeah. Your long-term partner leaves you. Mm. And it, that's how it happened. The, yeah. the guys left the band. Mm. I was the only one left, basically. Yeah. That's how it happened. Mm-hmm. So I had to decide if I was going to keep going, if, if it was cool for me to use the name. Of course, it really isn't because I'm the last one remaining. Technically, I could have. And technically, I started the band with Jago and another guy but with Scott. But I couldn't. Yeah. And then so that happened. And then I just went into a bit of a fucking boo spiral. And I, I, I'm, I don't know, I think, feel like I'm coming out of it. Yeah. But that's when we started the podcast. And that's mm-hmm. when I decided I was going to do comedy. Yeah. But I'm still in it. But I just feel like... I, I, I don't know. I just don't know where it's going right now. Yeah. 
So yeah. sorry mm. to bring the mood down. And shit. No, no, I was about to say, but, you know, band breakups are can be more harsh than like breaking up with a partner. It's just fucking. It is because it, it's it's more than one person. It's it's several people, and it's the the whole entity. Mm. The whole band is an entity of well, its own. When when Maddie Trash broke up, I went into a dark dark stage. Right? I even refused to talk to people, and I didn't even want, want to go out. Yeah. Because what our our drummer left, and then our singer left with him. Yeah. But the band's named after the singer, Matty Trash. Yeah. yeah. And then it's sort of like they both left and left us sort of like just standing around going, what What the hell just happened? And then other people started leaving. And I was just sitting there going, yeah, that's exactly what, what happened, happened? Mine yeah. as well. Yeah. And um, uh, it's, it's well, for me, yeah, and I'm sure it is for you guys, it's literally the reason to get up and it's the reason I go to work is I, I know I have band. Well, I, I used to say that all the time to people. I say... Yeah. I go to work, I switch my brain off for eight hours because I need to pay for the things yeah, I want to do. Then you switch it on for bands. Fuck yeah. That is deep. Yeah. Fuck <laughs> well, yeah, you do. That is it was deep. like the, the, you know, the one, every, every week you've got rehearsal. The one week where you know you're going to get together and, you know, do something magical. Hmm. And when that disappears and you, you don't have that anymore, I've, for, for myself, like every Tuesday was band practice yeah, yeah, or jamming yeah. at Soundworks, which, you know, Soundworks is gone. Soundworks, Soundworks is gone? rehearsing is gone. Where, which what? one was that? Uh, Osborne Park. That I re- fucking, I rehears- the, the really expensive place. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, haven't got, I haven't got many good things to say about that. Place. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, they, they shut down. Well, I rehearsed there like two, three months ago. Yeah. But yeah, oh, yeah. that was it was synonymous for metal bands. The Soundworks rehearsal. Yeah, that was the, the yeah, kind of the metal but, place. Yeah, yeah. apparently it shut down. Well, no, 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 they they. They didn't shut down due to the prices they were charging. They've all moved to Barbados, <laughs> and um, they're just opening a uh, reggae dub studio now, w- world class. They were fucking raking it in. I don't know how that place shut down, but anyway. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, who who runs that? It's uh, um, well, Brad. It was, it was Rafe. Well, Rafe Brad was passed it on to Rafe, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then I'm. Um, I was talking to Sean the other day because Sean works. Sean works there. there. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And yeah, he just told me that it's not there anymore. I'm like, oh. what? That is yeah. bizarre. I only just found out that Cosmic Cannington yeah. shut down. Really? That That's the one next to the Centrelink. Don't ask me how I know that's near Centrelink. <laughs> but um, that one shut down. That, that was my go-to place. Yeah, so now I yeah. kind of only have... Because I'm south of the river, obviously. I only have uh, Mega Music. Mega Music, yeah, that's one. That's yeah. the only one I can go to. Unless I feel like hopping on the freeway all the way to Osborne I haven't Park. been down here for a while a very long time I live yeah. in Subi and work in Subi <laughs> and walk to work so it's like my car never goes hardly anywhere yeah um, <laughs> it was it was bad enough that I had to do like no I'm not I'm not calling you out I'm just saying I haven't driven this far for a while that yeah. I actually had to t- stop at the McDonald's on the corner out there and I went in and had a shit <laughs> because you know you don't want to be that guy that goes to someone's house and the first thing they do is shit by the way can I use your your your, your, your lav and yeah. then you <laughs> by the way do, do not go in there for at least so half thanks, an hour so thanks Canning Vale McDonald's um, <clears throat> I did the walk of shame out and didn't look at anyone just eyes at the door yeah. you're not fucking stopping me <laughs> did, did you buy a Coke or anything? Like no, that? fuck no. it. <laughs> you, didn't, you didn't have that guilt where you no, feel no. like you feel obliged to buy something? Well, no. they had no lock on the door either. So I was like, look, you don't deserve my money. Exactly. You can't afford a lock on the door? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Ronald, mate, what are you doing? So you were chucking the shit with one foot pressed, oh, that, <laughs> pressed up against the, the door. The old arm up the door. <laughs> <laughs> this is one of the most terrifying things in the world. It is. is being in a toilet, taking a dump, and there's no lock. You feel so vulnerable. <laughs> you do. <laughs> 
It's worse if it's too far away. Like yeah, you yeah. can't reach so it. You're, you're, leaning just, over. You're, you're dicing with death. No, it, it's, it's worse when there's like a group of them, and there's no one. You walk in, there's no one in there. You're like, yes, you know, you can be able to relax, and you sit down, and then someone comes in and sits down next to you, yes. and you're oh, like, can't do it. Oh, uh, my, oh the poo, the poo sucks back in. It's like oh. I'm not coming out now. Fuck that. See, I <laughs> wear safe? Safe? I wear headphones everywhere now. Like yeah. I, I've become. I've just removed myself from active society because I don't generally like most of it. Hmm. So if I'm walking down the street, I'm generally listening to a podcast or listening to music. Yeah. Or if I'm taking a shit in a McDonald's toilet, I'm generally <laughs> listening to a podcast. Or um, if I'm listening to. Chris Hardwick, the the um the, the, the shit comes out easier to be honest. I um, love the ner- ner- <laughs> nerdism. Oh, I, 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 look, I'm a bit, I'm a bit. Um, you got a thing for Chris? Nah, Hardwick? I, I think he's a bit pretentious. Yeah, yeah. He's good at bowling though. He's amazing. I don't care. At I, I, I hear about that every second yeah. fucking week. I know your dad was a bowling champion. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> yeah. No, nah, look, I, I think he's too over. Eh, he's a bit over the top. Hmm. It's it's like he yeah he's doing everything he can to get on people's. Hey, there's radar. gold in there. Mm. There's gold in there. The Tom Hanks episode is one of the greatest fucking podcasts of all time. Yeah, but there's just too much of it. Mm. Like, there's so much. Yeah, you kind of get inundated with with episodes, and there's sub podcasts yeah, yeah, in yeah, the yeah. podcast. Uh, I mean, like I'm talking with you know Tori McSmith. She was an extra in Gilmore Girls in 1996. <laughs> Fuck off. Yeah, like. Maybe just do one a week and put someone good on. You know? yeah, but yeah. having said that, I shouldn't really say that because I really like Mark Barron's podcast and I listen to it regardless of who's on there. And yeah. it's like, oh, it's a guy who's an expert on meteors. Yeah. That's not my favorite subject in the world, but the way he interviews and the way that things come out, it's interesting. Mark Barron's great. Yeah. Too many adverts, though. Mm, too, too many, many sponsors. Too many yeah. How yeah. dare he gets paid for this shit? <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, m- well, my personal favourite is uh, Bill Burr, and he he essentially does that alone. If if sometimes his wife will come on, and sometimes yep. he'll, he'll have a guest. But I just love I I love listening to uh, angry people talk about society. It's yep. great. <laughs> my favourite uh, podcaster is Dave Anthony. Um, he's he had a podcast called Walking the Room, which mm-hmm. was is my favourite podcast of all time. And there's like 190 episodes, I think. Yep. And that c- kind of died. And then he started a podcast called The Dollop with another guy. Um, and that's kind of where we took the inspiration for the Thought Club from, fr- from my podcast. Yeah. Um, telling a story from history. Right. That is maybe a bit fucking out there. Yeah. Like That's a really good idea. Today's episode, yeah. and if you're listening to this on Tuesday, you're getting this at 24 hours before my podcast drops, so exclusive. <laughs> um, today I talked about Franz uh, Kafka. Kafka? Kafka? Because yeah. we call our our um, listeners Kafkas. Is that a South African thing? No, it's just Kafka, you know, like Franz Kafka. So, I don't know, one day I was just like, where were Franz Kafkas? Right. Where's my Franz Kafka's? You know, like trying to be a DJ or some bullshit. <laughs> and it stuck. Yeah. It's just like, oh, that's what we call our listeners now. It's like, oh, how you going, Kafka's? So I was like, well, it's I've got to bring the story of Franz Kafka. Right. And he's a fucking weirdo. Explain. Well, this is what Thought Club's all about. Oh. Right? I bring a story and I reveal it to KJ over the course of however long it takes me. Do you, do you, do you tell him what you're going to... No, gonna, no, okay, no, so never, never. <laughs> okay. Never. That's the beauty of it. Right. You never, ever tell the other person. And we swap every week. So he does Record Club, I mm-hmm. do Thought Club, and then we swap it the next cool. week. And um, the, the, the Franz Kafka one basically was... 
He lived at home with his parents until he was 31 years old. Okay. But he complained about living with his parents, and he had never no time for writing. And then he complained about having a job, but he kept getting promoted. So he became, like, a really, really good insurance salesman, but he hated it because he never had time for writing. Yeah. He had... Like, he went and visited prostitutes and had several girlfriends and proposed to, like, seven different women. Would whinge to them how he never had time for writing. He's doing all these fucking things. And he dies and he says to his mate, burn all of it. Burn all, everything I've written. And the guy goes through and finds The Trial, which is Kafka's uh, very famous book. Mm-hmm. Releases it. He took all the money... And his family still owns all of the money from, from that book wow. because Kafka's like he signed he didn't want it so he gave it to that guy, um, and he had a weird porn fetish like and we're talking like early nineteen hundreds porn right where like he liked ankles. there's a picture of, there's a a, pi- a picture of of a baby coming out of a cut in someone's leg and porcupines giving fellatio and like just the, just you you couldn't you couldn't write it. Yeah, that is what Record Club is, and KJ reacts to. I mean, I'm just paraphrasing, yeah. but I reveal it in such a way that it makes him laugh, and yeah, um, that kind of thing. That's cool, man. That's a really good idea. <clears throat> My favorite one that I I ever did was there's a town in England called Gotham, and it yes, it goes where you think it's going to go with Gotham, Gotham. But there's a town in Nottinghamshire in England called Gotham, and the, at the time in the 1600s, whenever the king would come through a town, that rogue would become royal property. So they sent the scouts out a few days ahead, and they knew their scouts were coming. So the entire town pretended to be insane. Because at that point in history, insanity was believed to be contagious. And it was, an, it was a physical illness. If you became insane, you could die. Yeah. So the scouts get there, and the whole town is acting batshit fucking crazy. There's guys over there near a pond all gathered around it trying to get an they get this eel out of it and they're like we'll show you and they chuck it back in the water and they, the, the, the scouts are like what are you doing they're like we're going to drown the eel it's a fucking water it's a, guys are up the guys were taking wood to a woodshed the scouts are like what are you doing they're like we're putting the wood in we're putting the wood in there the sun's out you can't leave the wood out here this guy's rolling cheese wheels down a hill and they're like what are you doing they're like, yeah, we're just, we're just rolling them into town so we can sell them. They're like, you came from town. The cheese was in the town. Why did you take it up to the top of the hill and roll it down to the thing? <laughs> the scouts go back to the king. The scouts tell them the story, the king the story. The king's like, fuck that, we'll go around. So the main road through Gotham, through Gotham in Nottinghamshire to this day is not royal property because they pretended to act fucking mental. Right. Now, is it DC or Marvel who did um, Batman? DC. Okay, DC, uh, they were writing Batman. They're like, we need a fucking town, we need something. And they came across this story of the wise men of Gotham. And they're like, this sounds kind of like Gotham City. Like, crazy, shit's going weird. They named Gotham City in Batman after this town in in the UK. And what was the last bit? No, I can't remember. But... (laughs) That's the kind of shit we do. And I, we learn stuff. Like, he, he'll bring a story to me, and I'm like, holy fuck, we'll have a break. We'll go, all right, that's, that's all, Club. Cheers. We'll be back in a second. Yeah, yeah. And er- almost every time we just go, fuck, man. What was that? You know? <laughs> yeah. It's mind blowing. Yeah. Just, I, I had my I'm mind blown. Learning all of this stuff. <laughs> I remember, so awesome. I think, was it episode one you did uh, Pleasant Celebration? Celebration. Holy fuck. 
It's like a town in where the the US. That might be one of the best, and that was the first. Yeah, where it's like the Disney it's, Disney set up this town. It's stuck in time, like it's oh, it's, it's all, ridiculous. It's basically like Pleasantville. Yeah, <laughs> and if you, your grass can only be within three to six inches tall, mm. or you get a fine. Yeah, there'd be two story houses, but the second story is a facade. There's no second story. It's just built. There's like a facade at the front. It's all fake. It's all fake. There's nothing <laughs> yeah. there. Yeah. They'd have like in winter. They'd have fake uh, snow. Snow, um, snowfalls on the hour, every hour. Yeah. What the fuck? Like <laughs> everything is. It's just, it's just everything fucking is strange. And there's a there's a documentary about it. Hmm. I can't remember what it's called, but um, I was going to watch that the other night. Hmm. I would do. Uh, I would totally. Would you live there? I said. Uh, I'm, I'm said. I got to visit. I've got to visit. Oh, yeah, but I, I like the idea. Like, well, society itself is kind of fake anyway, right? So why Whoa. not build? Well, in, if you, the more you like think about it, living yeah. in Universal Studios. Well, yeah, that's what people move there for. Like, they move there to be at Disneyland. It's like uh, a movie all the time. You're living in the movie set. Now, it's like the Truman Show or something, right? Well, but, that's, yeah. But would you, would you like to surrender your life to, to just living in a fantasy land? That's uh, an interesting concept. Only if there were, like, big castles and dragons and stuff, maybe. Mm. But if it was... Let's say it was Fake like two-story houses. Oh, that's up on my bucket much, list. Yeah. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Let, let's say it, everything was really convincing. Like, let's say it had technology, like holograms and... and everything was fake, though. Would you would you live in there? Would, what if you brought children up Did you know it's fake? Yeah, that's yes, what you, you, No, no, no. You no, know no, it's fake. Yeah. No, I can't be doing that if I know it's fake. Yeah. Yeah, well, if, you could if retire you know, there. If you didn't know it was fake. Yeah, you could retire there. Oh. Or something. Mm-hmm. Live your, your last days, like, with oh, yeah. uh, d- if dementia. You've got, if you, yeah, if you've got <laughs> Alzheimer's yeah, or something, yeah. you don't remember what's yeah, happening. Yeah. <laughs> Every day is an adventure. But if you brought up children in that world, how fucking freaky would they oh, be? Oh, yeah. yeah. And then you visit, like, the Bronx. <laughs> Daddy! <laughs> what is that? What is the colour of that man? <laughs> he was... What, what happened to him? What is he doing to his willy? <laughs> <laughs> Into that condom. Oh, no. Jesus. The worst place we ever visited was uh, the Tenderloin in San Francisco. Oh. Do you remember that? Which one's... Well, you, you booked that... We, we went to LA. Well, my old band husband, we recorded an album in LA. Oh, you mean the, the first... The first hotel we stopped at, yeah, yeah. Un- under we, the bridge. Basically, <laughs> we, we we had a couple of days off, so we're like, fuck it, let's just drive from LA to San Francisco. Um, and we get there. Well, there was a traffic jam on the way in. That was pretty shit. I took photos of the, the bridge and stuff. But we get there, and then we realized why the place was so cheap. Ooh. It was basically a crack house, right? Sweet. Yeah. <laughs> it was literally a crack house. And um, what well, we, we basically picked up the keys and then had one look at the hotel and went, we're not staying here, and yeah. we dropped, dropped the keys off again. <laughs> but um, it turns out we stayed in the, the Tenderloin, which is like the, the worst place in San mm. Fran that yeah. you could, you could did, did you research at all? Have you heard of this internet yeah. thing? Because no. we were on a roll, right? We <laughs> yeah, were like, we're just yeah. on a roll. Fuck it, this place is cheap. Yeah. <laughs> one night, it's not going to kill us. Yeah, we yeah, were like, you know, we, <laughs> we just need to sleep there. That's all we need to do. But then we were like, fuck, no. Yeah. Spent an hour in the car trying to find another hotel. It was literally yeah. off, coming off the Bay Oakland Bridge into San Francisco. It was right at the base, so almost literally underneath the bridge. There were four street corners, and there was, what, five gangs? Yeah. Mm. Five gangs on four street corners. That, <laughs> that sums it up, man. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> just uh, people with no teeth screaming at the yeah. wall. Yeah. <laughs> 
It's well, like, um, I don't think our place even... The, the room we sat in didn't have a front door because they were renovating. Yeah. There was like all like renovations and just like shit. And the, the bath... No, the bathroom didn't have a front door. Mm. It was like a communal bathroom for the whole floor that didn't have a door on it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It was I, horrible. Have you ever stayed horrible. at the workers club in, in Melbourne? We did. We yeah, did. did. We, yeah, we, yeah. we stayed there... Well, on the last tour with my, other, with my band Fate, we... we Played at Workers Club and we just oh, that's right. ended up staying there. Uh, and it's now nice I'm not cheap. sure if it's it was changed a bit since when I it's yeah <laughs> it's bunk beds now. You know what? When we first stayed there, four mattresses on the floor. Yeah, yeah. best fucking best thing. Oh, in the best? W- no, yeah, <laughs> yeah fucking okay. great. Have you ever been on a bottom bunk when a, a slightly larger chap than yourself is maybe above you? <laughs> Foot in your face when it comes down. Yeah, yeah. Four matches on the floor. No problems. Yeah. No, no, <laughs> no, noise. no noise. Everyone's on the same level. No one's going to piss on you. Yeah. Like, it's perfect. But the bathroom slash uh, kitchen didn't really work very well. No. People no. were doing dishes in the trough in the not in the toilet. Not not the trough of where you piss in, but the trough of where you wash your hands. They literally had a trough as the, the basin. Kind of a uh, urinary aftertaste to this meal. I wonder why. I've stayed there multiple times. I fucking yeah. love it. Fifteen bucks a night. Yeah, it's great. Um, oh, it's not that cheap anymore. But the room yeah. that we had though, the the window didn't really close properly. And it was during winter. So yeah, I've we, had we that. We were just freezing. I've had that. We we couldn't shut the window hmm. up on the thing. I was sleeping with a fucking beanie, th- 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 thermal underwear and yeah. everything on. Everything. Tough life. Oh, I fucking love it. Tough life. I, I, I don't care, man. I slept on a floor in Nepal because me and another guy did the um, scissors, paper, rock for the single bed <laughs> in this village up in the Himalayas and... I didn't win, so I was on the floor. I hear this noise. Like, what the fuck? Like, 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 what the fuck? Put, a, put on my headlamp, look over to under the bed, pull out this box. There's a chicken in a box, just <laughs> under the bed. Just, I'm like, what? Hey, whoa, whoa. I'm like, no, 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 dude, I can't do this. That's my limit, when there's a chicken sleeping next to my head. I am more amazed at the headlamp. <laughs> you just you, you, were you sleeping with? Wait, the there's no electricity. Ah, oh, that's true. All running water. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But oddly enough, the higher you, uh, I'll I'll take this to my grave and not understand it. The higher we went in the Himalayas, in the Annapurna Ranges, the cheaper the beer got. Right. How? Ah. The further away <laughs> from civilization you right. got. The cheaper the beer got. Is it because the the rent for the place would be less? There's no rent. There's no fucking landlords up there. Yeah. <laughs> no, no Wi-Fi. Hey, Larry, you're two weeks late on your rent, bro. <laughs> What's the Wi-Fi password? <laughs> <laughs> no, you put a few twigs up. Yeah. Fashion yourself a little roof. There's no, there's no building code. There's, there's no yeah. red tape. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's no local council. Yeah, yeah. This is just like, there's the, there's a sheep. That's what you're eating for the next two weeks. That's yeah. food, okay? You got a river, that's, that's water. water. Yeah. You got fire, that's how you cook the f- food. Yeah. Lights, don't even think about it. Mm. But one of the most amazing places I've ever been. And I know you guys have done a lot of traveling. I've heard those, heard a few tales on the. Not previous. really. We just tell the same story over <laughs> <and> over. <laughs> All right, maybe I got that wrong. I was reading the blurb to one. It's like, tell, tell travel stories. And then I, I assumed you'd talked a lot about it. i got to go back and listen to a few of yours. But yeah, yeah, um, 
I did all of my travelling between the age of 19 and 25. Right. 24. So when the band kind of took off, that's when all the money went into band life. Yeah. Recording, touring. But before that, dude, I'd work a job for six months, go yeah. overseas for six months, mm. or a little while, come back, fuck it, I got a bit of money, don't have to work for a few months, sweet. Mm. For a good three or four years, I'd work only about six or eight months a year, and then just go. It's great. But I've done it. My The first drummer in Mezzanine, Scott Young, very nice chap, left the band off his own volition to travel, to go to Canada. And I'm like, dude, you've never been overseas, or you've been overseas very minimal. I think you've been to China or something, Japan. It's like, go. Fucking have a great time. Because I've done it. I'm coming off the other side where I'm like, I've done all my adventuring. Like, not that I'm going to stop, but I just don't need to do it every year. Mm. I mean, shit, th- this last year was 2015 now. Last August, me and my dad travelled the entire length and breadth of Malaysia on trains. Mm. Just on trains. Yeah, we'll just... All right, now, well, a couple of days' time, we'll, we'll go over there. And then we'll take a 12-hour train trip and be up there. And then we'll skip the border and go up into southern, uh, southern Thailand for a little bit. Bad decision. <laughs> Bad decision. Toilets are horrible. A lot of, a lot of trouble in... A lot of trouble. Disputed territory mm. in the southern Thailand, northern Malaysia. Yeah. We'd read in the paper every day. Militiamen were coming across the border from Malaysia to Thailand beheading children. Yeah. Every, every day. So we're like... And then we got to a place called Hat Yai in Thailand and we were staying in a hotel and... Some guy's like, yeah, just over there is where the suicide bombing was last year. <laughs> Sorry? Yeah, yeah, that's where they blew, blew, blew the whole thing up. See, see that over there? See the big hole? And, the, uh, and see how that's all new? Yeah, that McDonald's? That wasn't there a year ago. It got blown up. Uh, me and Dad were like, Let's, uh, I think we'll get out. I think we'll go back to um, Malaysia. They still do it old school in a lot of spots in Southeast Asia. <laughs> they will, yeah, I mean, because a lot of places still have, you know, tribes of people. Oh, that yeah. will They're more than happy to kill you if you set foot on, on their turf. Like. Travel, man. Travel is the greatest education you can get in the world mm. you know it's the greatest life education you can get is just yeah. seeing what other shit's going around yeah. and I happen to like this part of the world to live yeah for all the political faults and um, bullshit things that this country's got going for it it's, a, it's best it's a bit I love Perth I, I won't hear anything bad about it yeah someone says fucking Perth man and there's nothing wrong with wanting things to be slightly better that's, that's fine I can understand that but if you prefer Sydney because of the nightlife and that, fine, go. I'm not mm. stopping you. I'll I'll wave goodbye and give you a kick up the ass on the way out. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, yeah, I, I, I get that. Because uh, if you're not doing something about it, then... And I'm not a love it or love, you know, love it or fucking leave. Couldn't be further from the truth. Yeah. I don't give a fuck who you are as long as you're contributing to this society. That's definitely. I don't not give me. a shit. <laughs> I, I am not. I am a, what they call a sponge. Oh yes, yeah. <laughs> I sat. I, I soak in resources and then I give nothing back. Except I mean, really shitty podcast. The, <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to go down that road of talking about bogans because it's not. I, I don't. I, as I said before, anything in my life that I don't want to do or, or I don't feel 
that great about, I ignore it or just put it to the side. Right. And I don't really, you know, Bogans, if they want to go and do what they want to do, fine. Go to Bali three times a year, drive you, hold you. <laughs> don't give a fuck. Yeah. Get your sewing cross tattoos. Yeah. <laughs> get your tribal tattoos, go to Stereosonic. Yeah, mate. Just don't, yeah. just don't king Drop hit. Drop your pingers. Just don't, don't king hit me. We got no trouble. Yeah. <laughs> and you've got your headphones. So there you go. Everyone, everyone, yep. take note. Just <laughs> detach from society. The, the sunglass headphone combo can't be beaten. It People just, don't even. They can't tell if you heard them. If you don't, and now I've started doing this thing, and I only noticed this a few weeks ago. I'm doing the uh, I'm doing the Jedi wave. Someone, I'm walking towards someone, and someone's got a clipboard, and they go, and I can't hear them. I yeah. just go, just wave at them. <laughs> no, it's it, you have to do it like. Put the fingers up slightly. These are not the droids you were looking for. That you know the, that that wave, and, and they don't know what to do with it. Yeah, it's just like sometimes people people go. Um, yeah. I'm like, no, well, I don't break any. I don't break character. I yeah. keep walking. I don't even look at them, and I go. Shh. <laughs> it works every time. That's so intimidating. Yeah, because yeah. people always go, nye, nye, or they they tap their they tap their <laughs> yeah. watch. Oh, like, oh they do this. Pull pull your headphones out. Pull your- yeah. <laughs> sort of. No. No. Yeah, it's just like a big sign saying, do not fucking talk yeah. to me. It's great in shops as well. You know, like, I don't know if you go shopping, but if you're wearing headphones, no one will talk to you. Yeah. It's Are great. you right there? And you don't have to do that whole, uh, just just having a look. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, we've got the, this thing on special earlier. Don't have to deal with that. No. Nope. At all. At all. No. Nah. Is, that, is that why people wear headphones when they're driving? So they don't have to deal with... Table. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck these pedestrians. <laughs> just pretend you're not driving. Just completely. Yeah. I wear headphones sometimes when I drive. Probably not the best idea. Look, I got pulled over once and the cop says, Hey, mate, you shouldn't be wearing your headphones when you're driving. And I said, Hey, mate, if I was listening to music, it would be louder. I'm listening to a podcast. I can hear everything. Yeah, yeah. If I was listening to music in my car... I was cranking some Tom Petty when I came from McDonald's to here after I'd taken the dump of the year. Well, there's only been two, so three so far this year. But yeah. um, it's number one. It's the number one dump this year yeah. that I took at that, that McDonald's. I'm going to go back and take a picture of that, that toilet. Um, it's probably still floating there. <laughs> no. What was I saying? Yeah. I was cranking some Tom Petty because I knew I had one song between there and here. Yeah. I think I listened to Don't Do Me Like That. Don't do me like that. <laughs> Fucking cranked. So loud. Window open, arm on the side. If I'd had my headphones on, I would have been listening to the uh, dulcet tones of uh, Mark Maron or yeah. some such person. I'd be able to hear mm. everything. It'd be way, yeah, it's way worse yeah, to, to, exactly. to absolutely crank. So, hey, music. cop, yeah. shove it. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, cop. <laughs> uh, break time. Yeah, yeah, yeah we'll take break. a quick break and we'll be back with Corey. Do you, do you like people that jump straight to the wrist? Or do you no, like Corey, I mean, I, John? At comedy the other night, I had to say, hey, dude, can you just add John in? And mm-hmm. the guy I was saying it to is a guy that runs the night. His name's Adam Peter Scott. Yeah. And I said, yeah, uh, pretentious middle name guy, just like you. <laughs> and he looked at me, and he did not. For a comedian... No sense of humor. No sense of humor. <laughs> How ironic. <Yeah. laughs> no, Adam, you're okay. I like your act. If you, in case you're listening, I, I want to get booked there again. Let's, yeah, we'll, we'll come back and we'll talk. I, I really want to talk more about the, the comedy yeah, scene. Because I have no idea about... I know maybe two or three comedians tops locally. Yeah. And I don't even remember their names. So, <laughs> All right, we'll be back in just a minute. <laughs> you're listening to... 
Mission Control. <laughs> so we've been talking about wrestling. <laughs> oh, Christ. Wrestling. Um, okay, uh, the, one of my, my favourite um, ones is old WCW. Uh, do you remember Vampiro at all? Yep. Uh, he used to wrestle with the Misfits. You know the band, the Misfits. The actual, yeah, they love the actual Misfits. Ah. Jerry Only and Doyle. They used to come out with Vampiro, mm. and it was a first blood match versus Sting. Oh, and uh, so because like they come out, Vampiro comes out into the ring with the Misfits, and he's waiting for Sting. You know, Sting does a thing when he turns off the lights and he comes down on a harness yep, from with the uh, Metallica Seek and Destroy plan. Yeah. And so anyway, they they start wrestling and they start smashing each other, but somehow Vampiro knocks Sting down into the ring and Sting's sort of like laying there and Vampiro gets out and he jumps onto the tape the commentator table and he's standing there pulling like the thumb across the neck and like down down like what the fuck all of a sudden just gallons of this blood oh, falls yeah, from the yeah. top of the arena onto Sting just fucking smash in the yeah, ground yeah. and that must have used pig's blood or something like that because they were saying that it smelt oh. and then yeah they smashed and then hung him back up on his harness yeah, covered yeah. in blood <laughs> Such a good. We've been talking wrestling in the break outside, just um, chilling out, and I've been telling the chaps about my obsession with um, wrestling. And we were just telling some stories, and we were like, "Fuck, we got to tell it. We got sh- we got to shut up. We got to tell some of these stories on the thing." <laughs> so you were saying that you worked at Burswood uh, at the Dome. Yes, uh, yeah, I used to work at the Dome, doing a lot of staging for bands and stuff. And we had wrestling coming through a few times, and. Um, can't remember what year it was. Uh, early 2000... Actually, 2007, 8, or something like that, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I remember I was sitting out in the back one time. Booker T was walking around. Right. Yeah. Practicing, doing scissor kicks out the back of the stage. I was like, fuck, that's Booker T. He's like fucking seven foot tall. <laughs> um, I met Triple H, who's a tiny... He's quite small. He's shorter than me, but he's fucking built he's like tanked. a tank. Fucking yeah, yeah, yeah. Huge. yeah. Um, Big Show was there. Uh, what was that other guy? Um, Kurt Angle. Mm. Kurt Angle was there, and Eddie Guerrero. Um, Before he died. Yeah, and I, I can't. I didn't. I shook uh, Big Show's hand. It was fucking big, but I didn't shake Eddie Guerrero's hand. But I saw Eddie Guerrero. We sort of like we had one of those moments where you lock eyes with him, and you're like, yeah, yeah, what's go, up? Yeah. Uh, yeah. About two weeks later, he was dead. Mm. How, yeah. how did how did he have a heart, heart attack? attack? Yeah, heart attack, something like that. Yeah. Right. A couple uh, of years. Oh, no, go ahead. <laughs> oh yeah, I was just uh, I also I locked eyes with Tori Wilson as well. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that was a highlight. But that was when because I, I had the big tour bus had parked it at, inside the dome, and all the wrestlers afterwards got onto the tour bus, and she had a window seat, and she was looking out, and I saw her like, hi, and she was just like, <laughs> who the fuck Ugh. is that guy? <laughs> <laughs> so I worked at Burswood for. A a few years actually in the mid 2000s and um i actually got a sweet little gig i was concierge which is a lowly little thing uh, taking bags up to the room uh, helping people out with where they want to go for dinner and that kind of crap but i got a, a nice little moonlighting job being the guy that would pick people up from the airport in 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 the tarago so i'd pick up all sorts of people like i had uh, jimmy barnes and i was like the for some reason John Farnham's horn section I always used to get. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why I got that gig. Just the horn section. Yeah, <laughs> nothing. One else. of the great, greatest ones though was you know Wilbur Wilde. Yeah, guy from, from Hey Hey It's yeah, Saturday. Hey, hey, Saturday. And, and he played saxophone and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He'd come over for corporate gigs, and he was a fucking loose unit, man. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, oh, meet me at the pool bar at, at six pm. We'll have a few. So I go down there and just shooting the shit with Wilbur Wilde. Like, what the fuck's going on? <laughs> but. 
I, uh, before I, I met Hulk Hogan and Ric Flair in the same day. Yeah. Ooh, they had nice. this like shitty tour that they were doing old men wrestling old men. Yeah. <laughs> and Ric Flair's walking around like with his twenty one of his twenty six year old girlfriend spitting tobacco into a Coke can. <laughs> like fuck. But my my favorite story of working there was I picked up there's a comedian who used to be on was on um, Good News Week and I th- not the when the Good News Week came back. A comedian named Claire Hooper. Have you heard of her? No. Um she was from Perth and she was coming over to host a corporate gig and I picked her up and I was telling her the story about me picking up Jimmy Barnes and I said he's a he's a tight prick I said what, what? she says what do you mean I said he tipped last time he tipped me $15 in $5 notes and I thought nothing of it and I, a few weeks later I get a I get a um, a letter there's no return address nothing it just says concierge Corey Rist um, Bearswood thing and I open it up, and there's a bit of money in there, and I, it wrapped up in tissue paper. No note, nothing. I'm like, what the, what is, what, what the fuck is this? It took me a week to think of it. There was one thing written on the back of the tissue paper. It was $20 in $5 notes, and it said, suck on that, Barnsey. <laughs> it was her. Oh. She, sent me, she sent me a $20... Just to up Barnsey. <laughs> so she sent me $20 in $5 notes. And on all that was written on it said, suck on that, Barnsey. <laughs> I thought that was great. Yeah. I, I thought she, that's, that's she was a really, cool. Like, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> was that's that, a really cool thing to do. Was, was that driving gig uh, with Gus Warburton? No, this is just a hotel. Like, oh, I'd just take hotel. out the Tarago. Oh, okay. I've never been a driver driver. I was just like, Corey, you want to go and pick up blah, blah? Yep. Corey, all right, Barnsley's back in town. You're gonna go and pick him up tomorrow. I'm like, yes. Yeah, because you, you actually you actually worked for Gus, right? Uh, not a... Gus directly. Gus ran the actual Tarago is when they picked up the artists from the airport. Yeah, I was the luggage man. Ah, and so I'd I'd rock up behind the Taragos in a truck or a van and take all the luggage. Remember, uh, were you with me the one time at Coldplay? when Coldplay came in? Yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. And we uh, we said hi to Chris Martin's parents, right? Yeah, Chris Martin's parents yeah, came yeah, yeah. through, um, and Gwyneth Paltrow as well. So there I was, there we, oh, well, you yeah. were just sitting there, I was doing the work. I was, I was, I was literally eating pretzels <laughs> <laughs> in the passenger seat while you actually went and did work. Yeah, so I'm loading like all Chris Martin's baggage, as well as a baby chair for their Apple? For Apple. Apple, yeah. Apple? yeah. Their, their uh, child, yeah. <laughs> that was, yeah um, I picked up the Veronica's luggage from mm. the airport. The Veronica's are fucking tiny and skinny. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, and I had to follow, follow them out. You know, they came out from the hotel gave me their bags put their bags in they jumped in the Tarago I followed them out to the airport yeah um, the, the, the best time if I may interject was uh, I was at my friend Nick's house in, in Murdoch and uh, <laughs> we were we were. I'm not sure what festival it was oh it was Southbound Southbound it was Southbound and funnily enough Southbound is on right now right now is it as we speak it right now yeah, yeah oh right shit now. it's the weekend I, I'm so lost with all the yeah. public holidays uh, but uh, John rocks up with a a van. Um, oh, a van it was a truck, it was like a two-ton truck. Actually, yeah, it was it was a proper truck, and then we were just sitting in there playing games. And he's like, uh, "I've just got some bands gear in my truck, uh, Kings of Kings of Leon." <laughs> Kings of <laughs> At the time, I was like a massive fan, so I was like, "Shit, do you realize whose gears in your <laughs> I'm truck?" Like, no, and he's I like, no, idea. "No, I have no fucking idea." And we, um, yeah, I ended up hopping in the car and we drove to. Uh, 
bustle center. Bustleton, yeah, bustle yeah. Center, and then yeah. through the gates and had to unload all this gear. Yeah, and uh, we nearly ran out of, out of fuel. Yeah, on the way, way on the way back, we we're redlining it through Bunbury. Ooh. Just going, oh shit. We were playing chicken with the fuel gauge, basically. <laughs> yeah. Like, how far do you think we can go? <laughs> <laughs> the lights on. Oh my god! I was working at JB Hi-Fi a long, long time ago. Yeah. Uh, we had a delivery. I looked in the back of the truck. I was at the store in the storeroom at the time, and I looked in the I back of the truck. The like, yeah. hey, this is like a pallet of guitars over there, all wrapped up. I'm like, where, where are you taking them? Like, Cosmic, Billy Hyde, what are you doing? God rest Billy Hyde's soul. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's John Butler's guitars. He's coming off tour. Yeah. Like, oh, wait, wait, wait. So hold on. No, no, that's a delivery for a guitar shop. There's like twenty guitars there. The the douchebag only plays a f- one acoustic guitar, surely. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. This is... I don't know how the delivery driver knew all about it, but he must have been a guitar guy himself. But he's like, no, 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 that's just John Butler's guitars. We're taking them back to Frio. Like, you fucking... You know he's the richest independent artist in the country? I'm not surprised. Yeah. 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 Well, he has that... Uh JBC thing that he does well, where he's got Jarrah Records or whatever yeah, yeah, you know. yeah. which isn't a real record company by no. the way <laughs> it's a front it's like me saying you know the the cough podcast is on you know cough industries it means fucking <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah it's just a, na- a, a way to, to, yeah. to name we, yourself when we you... met uh, Jody what's, what's the manager's name Jody Marshall mm-hmm. what's John Butler's manager's name Jody remember. something yeah and yeah and, and I actually asked her um, the, the question you know is, is Jarrah Records real and she was like I um, can't really tell you, but no, it's not. <laughs> yeah, man, it's it's weird. Like Perth is so small. I guess that adds to it. But you know, when when the when the band's touring, it's like you're not that far from people mm, yeah. who work with them. Yeah. It is a funny story. Mm. Um, I lost Pink's luggage. Oh, that's a shame. Yeah, it technically wasn't my fault because I was I was sent to pick up the luggage from the hotel uh, in West Perth coming the name of it Richardson uh, yeah Richardson Hotel don't know how I know that but go, go ahead <laughs> I know, I know no, it's not the only, only hotel in West Perth I think I, no. they all stay there um, and yeah and I was given the slip to take to the airport that had like the destination so I went there I helped at the airport helped them unload the luggage put on the pallet I even took a photo of it I'm like you know this is Pink's luggage and gave them the slip uh, later that day I got a phone call from Pink's tour manager saying, where the fuck is the gear? I'm like... Hold on. Huh? What? It's nice, like, yeah. nice to speak to you too. I'm like, uh, who is this? And I was like, uh, uh, speak to my boss. And so I gave him the number. And then my boss started calling me and it's like, what the fuck's going on? I'm like, um, I got no idea. I delivered the luggage. I sent. I emailed the, the package slip saying where it went. Turns out that they had changed the destination of where the luggage was meant to go but they didn't inform me about it yeah. and I still had the original slip with the original destination so yeah. fuck the, it not my problem <laughs> did you, you have to hook. go and get it? nah nah well, you just left it there it, it, like she was on her way to I think it was Sydney or something and it got sent to Adelaide or something like that but yeah the destination got changed and no one actually sent me any information yeah, you're so. off the hook fuck it <laughs> miscommunication I remember you Rocking up with a, was it you? Were you there? A, a Lady Gaga set list, or was that? Chris? I got fucking hundreds of set lists. Yeah, I yeah, got yeah. fucking hundreds and hundreds of them. I think she was guitar playing. picks, uh, drumsticks, fucking everything. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, that was was that through EPA? Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, a lot of people come through there, but they're like, ah, 
they get bored of it after a while. You just setting stuff up. Yeah, yeah, time. just sheep, sheep in a pen, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, no, because I, I, I worked there for seven years, so I got to like a, a good point where I was working, you know, doing the driving stuff as well. So. Telling other people what to do. Yeah. <laughs> Selling four ounces of weed to Green Day underneath the stage at Burzl. Ooh! <laughs> Underneath the stage yeah. where no one could see. Yeah. Oh, I had yeah. a very green day that day. <laughs> <laughs> did you have? Uh, did you tell me you had a question about the comedy thing? I did. Yeah. Um, and now it's gone. <laughs> we'll move on. <laughs> no, I I, I love comedy. Well, I'm a big, massive comedy fan. But all the ones that I know are obviously from America. But what, what's the what's the local scene like? Is it something that's picking up, or does it ever pick up, or is it kind of the same? Well, I mean, people that kind of stay hang I, around. I don't know. I mean, I'm too new at it to know. Oh, you should probably hear that. Um, I'm too new to Corey's n- pissing on the <laughs> table. No <I'm> kidding. <laughs> probably new, too new to answer that properly. But yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a very clicky sort of scene. From what I can tell, yeah, which is fine. I mean, you will—you'd rather it be that than everyone was freezing everybody out. Yeah, and uh, the stuff I've seen backstage is very much of a lot of guys helping other guys out with, uh, you know, their material and stuff. But I have all mine on because I've got a very bad memory. Like w- remembering lyrics has always been a problem. I can sing a song for a year and not remember it, <laughs> so I have to a lot of the time have the lyrics on the floor. So with comedy, it's like. I'm doing pretty much one-liners, and I there's about fifteen, uh, be about twelve or fifteen in a five-minute set. I can't remember that. It's mm. not going to happen. So I had to come up with some way of getting around that. I was like, do I use a clipboard and pretend it's like a survey? Do I put it on the floor and you can't see shit because the light is so bright? So I eventually just came up with cue cards, but use them as a prop. So emphasize every time you put one into the back. Or if a joke really bombs, this happened on the first time. You tear it up. I did a joke about... I thought it was really well well crafted, and I'll tell it to you now. It, and I'll tell you straight off the bat, it, it bombed. And the whole point of the cue card, I threw the cue card away. I threw it, just threw it out, and that got a big laugh, and the joke did. But the joke was, I have an Israeli friend who is quite short... I call him Junior. Most people don't get that. Most people don't get that. I have, an, I, have an, I have a Palestinian friend who's quite tall. I call him Hamasive. Again, dead. <laughs> Nothing. When they get together, we call it the Gaza shtick. Not a fucking peep. Died. <laughs> Absolutely died. And then the next one, which uh, abhors me to even say this joke, but I was once in a Bear Grylls-themed porno. It was called Man Versus Child. <laughs> I was 12. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking kills. Yeah. And I hate it. I hate that. that yeah. It's like <laughs> the dirty joke murders and then the the... Thought out political joke. <laughs> yeah. Crickets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Crickets true. in the room. Yeah. <laughs> See, I, I got that straight away. The the junior. Yeah, I, mm. and maybe I didn't emphasize it enough. Yeah. But 
silence for that entire and that was the longest the lo- well one of the longest bits in the whole show yeah because again it's mostly one liners yeah uh, and it just fucking died so I just got the cue card and threw it to the side of the stage mm. and that got a laugh <laughs> and I was like oh damn it but I didn't know it at the time I got a friend to film it just because you, you need to know what what I think I, w- I watched I watched some of that set it was, it was not too bad yeah the second good. one I filmed as well and I, I don't want to be the guy that puts every show up because that's mm. a bit hacky and it's just like, well, look at me every time. But I think it's just interesting if people, someone wants to know what I'm doing or if they want to come and see me or whatever. They'll be like... So the second one, which was last week, went over a lot, lot better. Cool. Canned that joke. And I was just trying to... In the, in the month or two between the first and the second, was like, well, I'll can a couple of those jokes, but I don't want it all to be dirty because I'm not generally that kind of guy. Mm. I won't talk about most of that kind of stuff in, in normal life. But I'm thinking this is a character. It's like, it's not... I get up there and it's very, very monotone, very sort of Dead standing tone. straight, looking, yeah. not even blinking kind of thing. And it's mm. like, it's just a character. Mm. So I learned from the first one, all right, well, this works, that doesn't work. And kept half of it and wrote half new. And I'm happy to say that a few of the non-dirty new jokes worked. So I was like, oh... A bit of fucking validation that these people aren't just there for di- for rape jokes and pedophile jokes. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's touchy. <clears throat> yeah, um, it, Com- yeah. Com- comedy was actually my first introduction to Los Angeles. <clears throat> On the the bus that picked me up from the airport to take me in, there was a comedian who was trying out his material to the people on the bus. Yeah, I've heard of that about America. Yeah, but, I mean, I wasn't really paying attention because I was looking out the window saying, you know, this is fucking Los Angeles. I fucked this guy talking on the bus. Yeah. Uh, but I overheard him saying that he got... He was invited... His friend is the girl that plays Bernadette on The Big Bang Theory. You know, the little blonde one? I've never watched that show, sorry. <laughs> yeah, well... Anyway, yeah. yeah. But yeah, so, yeah, so yeah, yeah, he was yeah, saying that, that she invited him over and he had a few shows in LA. And I was just thinking, well, actually... Comedy because I you were telling me that comedy is a big thing in LA and they got all the comedy clubs and everything. Mm. You know, for me, comedy hasn't always as a, as a thing hasn't been something that I've been in. But f- for the first you know ten minutes in Los Angeles to be stuck on a bus with some yeah. comedian telling jokes, like yeah, well, <laughs> well I mean, pretty good. New York is the comedy capital of the world, but like LA is a pretty close second. Mm. Yeah, yeah, a lo- lot of lot of uh, Boston comedians as well. Oh yeah, and they, they it's it's cool seeing the different styles from different regions. Like Boston's obviously obviously very rough and mm. a lot of swearing. Well, we we went down to Pasadena and saw Ice House. At the uh, ice yeah, house. at the yeah. ice house, uh, saw Joe Rogan ah. along with um, Bert Kreischer, Bert Kreischer, and uh, oh, he, uh, Tom Segura, Tom Segura, and um, was that it? I can't remember. I think we there's were... a couple. There's <laughs> oh, t- Tony Tony Hinchcliffe opened, and then it was Brian Redband. Yeah, oh yeah, Redband. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Anyway, but it, it was <laughs> yeah, it was great. Uh, I, I love I love I love the art of comedy because it's such a different world yet so similar in certain ways to me. Well, I mean, I've just been devouring it. And, and I got a little bit... Because I was originally just going to do stories. Mm. And I'd got a few stories. Like, there was one story about being in a small bar in Northbridge. And it was this Did it end with you getting bar. stabbed? No, no, unfortunately <laughs> not. But I was pissed. And I went into the toilet. And I was like, I wanted to try this joke out. This was a joke within this joke I'm writing. I want to try something out here. I want to say the same phrase every time I go into the toilet. And if no one's in the toilet, I'll wait until someone comes into the toilet. So most of the times I went in there, it was a really, really small toilet. Very, very small. And I, the, the thing I would say was, fuck, you can't swing a cat in here, can you? 
and just see if the reaction would be any different from, say, five different people. And I did it every time I went into the toilet. And the response every time was, yeah, because no one really wants to talk in a, um, in, in a, in a toilet. <laughs> and then the joke finishes with, fucking women are weird. <laughs> so that was what I was doing and I threw all, all of that because that was the only really okay one most of the others were just stories about my life and it wasn't didn't get anywhere I didn't feel like it was funny enough yeah. so like a week before the gig I threw it all out a week before my first show I, I threw all the material out and just sat down and feverishly writ, wrote like five pages of one liners mm. so it almost went in a completely different different way because I, yeah. I was writing stories about my life so there's I've been devouring what it is that makes it what the process is there's plenty there's even a podcast called Comedian's Comedian which Mm. is an English guy called Stuart Goldsmith and he sits down with comedians and they talk about the craft just like you'd sit down and talk with a musician about their craft or like you've done talk to filmmakers this that the other Mm. and I just find it endlessly fascinating it's like I find band in the studio documentaries endlessly fascinating yeah and mm. classic albums is was really the first of that kind of ilk mm. you know doing the Fleetwood Macs and your Metallicas and all that but I find the DIY ones even better of just any any old band or whatever you know this is what happened in the studio and it's for people that don't know and you guys both know the tedium of being in a studio mm. that it can be the shittiest place to be and I have to be there. Like, in the past, I had to be there every hour of the day. Mm-hmm. Regardless if you're doing drum setup, if you're doing a, getting a snare sound right for three hours, I'm going to be there. Yeah. And that's just because I love the, the craft of it. Mm-hmm. Just everything about it. Just how the producer works, like, the decisions that are made while mixing, how someone plays t- in a room with cans on and no other band around. I personally don't like it that much. I prefer to make some mistakes and rock out. So when it comes to doing technical things in the studio, I'm like, eh, I, yeah, I'd rather mm. just be... Like, that's that's what you have to do, and you have to multitrack and this and that, but I'd, pr- I'd much prefer just playing live. It's always yeah. been my thing. Mm. I, the, the one thing I hate <clears throat> in the studio is uh, the feeling that, okay, it's time to do drums, right? And everyone else is there. Everyone else in the band is there. And they're just waiting. Mm. They're just waiting for you to get that, yeah, and, yeah. and and I hate that feeling of being of people waiting for me. So I don't know. I think my my studio style is very much nail it within three takes. Yeah, and I think and get the fuck out. Yeah, and then get the fuck out. I'm sure you were there in yeah, yeah, yeah. in LA. Like I, I I don't like people waiting for me. Like ah, oh, can you just try that fill a different way? I I yeah. I I very much have developed a process where I just. Mm. Get everything well, out, and if it, if it's like if you want me to do some variations, let's lay some more tracks down so you can choose from it. And it's like I, I just want to be out of there because I don't know. I, I'm not very much a fan of this studio environment. Well, it, like the discussion we had when we recorded our EPs, um, essentially for us and for for you as well, when you go into recorders, you've got your songs ready to go. Mm. So you're essentially, just going there and laying them down. Mm. Whereas you get these bands that have the money that they can do the writing process in oh, the studio as well yeah. and just spend days on end just you know Ex- just, experimenting yeah, yeah yeah. whereas for us on our small budgets it's essentially work out the songs and go into the studio and just play it 
So that yeah. way you have to have them right. So you can save your money by just tracking it in two takes. I think a lot of that is obviously the time constraint with money as mm, well. Yeah. yeah. Like we're not getting a $30,000 advance or anything <laughs> like that from a record. No, but unless I, you're really yeah. lucky. Yeah. I just find mm. the, the craft of all of that, anything creative, endlessly fascinating. Mm. And mm. the thing that, I, that happened when I was going through that existential fucking crisis with the comedy was like, no, 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 forget it. Stephen Wright owns Deadpan. Fine. Mm. Who gives a fuck? I don't go into the studio and I'm like, oh, well, there was a solo kind of like this in a Foo Fighters song. Who gives a fuck? Mm. If you like it, do it. Yeah. So I'm like, mm. all the preconceived notions of what I'm allowed to do comedy-wise, I don't care. And I've, I've worked I've worked with people like that as well, and it, and it kind of irritates me when they're like, ah. Oh. Yeah, kind of sounds like this, and I'm like, I don't hear that. The rest of the band doesn't uh, hear I, that. You know what? The best one I ever heard was in my band. It's too obvious. Or now nah, we got to make this complicated. Like, no, 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 no. no, no, no. Yeah. Like no, no, no. I sing that chorus. I feel like I'm on the top of the fucking world. Hmm. It's great. Yeah, nah, but it's too obvious. It's too <laughs> straightforward. It's I'm, too easy. We, yeah. we had a thing in our band. I'd come up with a riff and. Our other guitarist, who's a bit more experimental than I am, he's like, oh, I really like that riff. Uh, let's try it this way. It's like, yeah, okay. And he'll start ch- taking my riff and trying to play it in a new way that doesn't sound so simple. But then I just keep playing it the simple way until hmm. s- till everyone just got used to it. Then if I played it differently, then people are like, oh, that doesn't sound right. Mm. <laughs> Just well, stick yeah. to your guns. Let, let me be quite, quite, <laughs> quite clear here. I'm not throwing anyone in my band under the bus. But, and that's the whole thing. Everyone wants to work slightly differently. Mm-hmm. If, if you had five people that are exactly like yourself, cloned yourself five times, you wouldn't have that, that dynamic that the band has. Yeah. And for, for better or worse, in the end, um, it did work for so long. And I'm very fucking proud of the output we had. We had two EPs and an album. Hmm. The album fucking almost killed us, but like, it, it's there. It's not going anywhere. Yeah, what what you produce is is unique because it's a it's a compromise between s- several people. It's it's that it's what you create together. But yeah, definitely the the one thing that irritates me is is like people so worried about certain things sounding unless of course it's completely a ri- yeah, yeah. Like note for note but mm. rarely which more. has been done <laughs> yeah, which has Jesus. been done which has been done with amazing <laughs> results yeah. hey look Don't Look Back in Anger is one of the well at the time was the highest selling single in British chart history by mm. Oasis right yeah how does it start dun, 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 dun. it's imagined by John Lennon mm. Mm. cigarettes and alcohol dun, 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 dun. Get It On by T-Rex. Hmm. Noel Gallagher said, it's not about if I'm ripping someone off, it's who I'm fucking ripping off. Yeah. And mm. that's what he said. It's like, you know. Well, that, mm. that's the great thing about... Well, not the great thing, but the thing about copyright is you can't copyright music. You can copyright lyrics and stuff, but music doesn't have a copyright on it. No, because if I play G-A-D and Neil Young played a G-A-D, does that mean Neil Young, if he was the first person to use it? Of course not. Mm. Fucking, you know, Blind Lemon Jefferson basically owns half of rock music, if that's the case. Yeah. Or, whoever, mm. you know, all Lightning the, all Hopkins. The blues, all the blues oh, yeah, guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what? R- Rolling Stones would never have recorded a second of music if that rule was in place. Yeah. yeah. Elvis but, would... Elvis would have enough? No, Elvis it's, it's always clearly when, ripped. When, when I hear, like, new R&B and hip-hop tracks that come out on the radio and that, I just... I picture, like, the studio having, like, 
a drawer full of pre-recorded yeah, songs and tracks. Like, oh, yeah. which one works? This one works. The hit factories do. They, <laughs> they do. And they it's do. not any different to the the hit factory stuff from Motown Records or, you know, Hitsfield, um, Tennessee. Like, that whole in-house thing. I mean, I don't know if you've seen the documentary... Uh, what is it fucking called? Standing in the Shadows of Giants, something like that. But it's about this band, right, that played on more number ones than the Beatles... Uh, Elvis and like the Rolling Stones combined they were the backing band for mm. all these Motown so- records and they would play it and they would play a certain way so they created all those hits and I'm not sure what I'm getting at here but they <laughs> they own the other half of music mm. yeah, yeah. so it's, it's bullshit like mm. I don't really care yeah, yeah. Same, like- but comedy is very different because you <laughs> Joke stealing is a very, very serious offence in comedy. Serious. Very fucking yeah. serious. Have you heard of Carlos Mencia? I have not. Uh, him and Joe Rogan had a, a long beef ah. because Carlos apparently is notorious for, let's say, extracting jokes from other comedians. And uh, yeah, Joe actually got on stage after his set. And just call them out oh, fuck. in front of the whole. Is there a comedy video? Com- there is a there is a oh, video. Watch that shit. Uh, and he, he called them out in front of uh, a whole crowd of people, and then uploaded the video that went viral mm. and basically nearly destroyed Carlos's career wow. just just off saying you can't, you do not steal no, you fucking bits don't. from people. And that is yeah, but that's interesting because I could think up something that maybe has never been said on a comedy stage, mm. and that might be the difference. Yeah, is that. Wow, I just blew my own fucking mind. <laughs> <laughs> what is the no, deal? <laughs> no, like yeah. the, uh, I mean, but th- that's the that's where we are with comedy now. Mm. What's the deal with aeroplane food? Get off stage. Mm. <laughs> Don't unless unless you're going to make it into something that the second half of that or the the payoff, the punchline is like so fucking good that you can justify using mm. the shitty setup. Fine, mm. I use plenty of shitty setups. It's all about how you get to the end of it. Mm. Um, you know yeah so the the whole one line thing is that gonna stick is that the style that you've landed on that you feel well, is working well I really or? enjoyed the awkwardness the mm. other day I, the, the, and this was completely improvised and I didn't expect it to happen and I just did but I told a joke that um, do prostitutes have orgasms or just fake it like a regular woman <laughs> but at the turn at the turn of that joke do prostitutes have orgasms? I shift my vision to my right and stare intently at this girl mm-hmm. and deliver the rest of the joke to her with a slight point of my finger. Mm. Made all the difference. Yeah. It it's killed. D- delivery, because yeah. It's just like like a regular woman. And this girl was so uncomfortable. Mm. And it was fucking fantastic. Yeah, yeah. I loved it. Yeah. And if you if you'd asked me that question after my first first set, I would have been like, "Oh, dude, I don't know. I don't know. I don't even know if the deadpan thing works." Mm. But that was a good twenty seconds yeah. of slowly set the joke up. It's not a long one, and just shift your eyes a bit, look at the girl, and just target her as the person you're calling this out on. Yeah. Now, mind you, this is after a joke, the opening joke of me saying I'm homosexual and I'm 28 which is basically 73 years old in gay dog years <laughs> that was the, that's the opening joke then I, and then I go into that joke so you can see the double entendre happening here <laughs> where it's not just a joke about 
prostitutes. It's not just a joke about do they fake it or do they have orgasms. Yeah. We've got a few levels here. Yeah. Economy. The economy of that joke is like you get a lot done within two sentences. Yeah. And singling her out, not only has the connotation that I'm, te- I'm saying this to her, that she fakes her orgasms, but it's, my, it's also doubling up, compounding on the joke before it, yeah. saying, I'm gay, so I don't want to fuck you, yeah. and I'm calling you out because you're a dirty woman and you fake it, <laughs> which is not at all how I think. I have like, some of my best friends, and I just don't go there anymore yeah. sexually, but... Um, <laughs> Th- that's what I fucking yeah, love. It, it holds more weight because of what preceded it, right? Yeah, it, and this is all shit I've just figured out in a week mm. after like watching the video back of the second one. Yeah, um, it's the tie-in. It's the tie-in. Yeah. <laughs> and I never yeah. thought that would come. Like in a a it, lot of a lot of comedians do that, where they'll they'll start off with a, a pretext, and then they'll they'll come back to that theme again towards the end. The callback. They, they, they the tie it all. The with infamous the, callback. And yeah, I yeah. haven't been able to work that yet, but. A good callback, man. It can, it can fucking kill it. You can, mm, you can mm. have a standing ovation if yeah. you can bring something. And the guys that do it are the Louis C.K.'s or the whatever mm. who can do an hour and a half show and at minute, 90, minute 89 bring something in, bring that, something back that they did in minute three. Yeah. And, then it's and like, everyone's it's like, like, fuck. Yeah, <laughs> full circle, full circle. Yeah, it's like so, t- tying a little ribbon on the on the act. It's oh like, yeah, it's yeah. And I haven't got it's that finished. yet. I haven't yeah, got yeah, that yeah. yet. Like, you get there. Yeah, and I'm talking about it tonight with you guys. I'm like, mm. yeah, fuck yeah, fuck yeah, <laughs> yeah. fucking free therapy, bitch. Have you heard of uh, Mitch Hedberg? Yes. Do you like he? He's a one. He's a notorious. Oh, he's, but he's a completely unique person. You think he's mentally retarded when mm. you first watch it. Yeah. You're like, what? What? And then you realize, and then you hear the stories, and that's actually, yeah. he is a little bit, he's not mentally retarded, but he's not the, the, the fastest guy in the world. Yeah. But he manages just to get this persona, and he can tell you something that's completely You never think absurd, about it. Exactly. A, an yeah. absurdist thing. Like, but the way he delivers it, and he's, un, he's like, he's, un, he's uncomfortable, and he's, he's pushing like, his all, hair yeah. back, and he's got his glasses on, and you're like... Yeah, yeah, he's fucking got it. He's 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 great. One of my favorite ones is uh, a guy asked me if I wanted a frozen banana, and I said no, but I want a regular banana later. So yes, <laughs> <laughs> love it. And he, the 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 way he says it, yeah, because like, he's that he's that tip, he's almost like a you, you know he's done acid like that oh, that fuck. dude where you're like he's fried his brain. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And thanks, hilarious. thanks for getting on stage for my enjoyment. You yeah, know, yeah. that's I love it. Uh, do you know Eddie Izzard? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, he did a a show. I can't remember what it was <clears> called, but there was one scene that he talked about, which was funny for us because it was a situation that we'd been in when he's talking about flying on small planes, like little twelve seaters, mm. and because when we were young, we used to fly twelve seaters up north uh, to like Newman, Mekithara, and stuff. And he was talking about like the the plane the plane the food on the small planes, like coming little lunch boxes with um, like a little juice in the box and a, a half old sandwich, and he finds out that the pilot's got like chocolate biscuits <laughs> and stuff. <laughs> and then when uh, I can't remember how it was going, it was like someone was trying to get the the chocolate biscuit from the pilot, so the pilot just points the plane towards the ground and says, "Nah, it's mine." <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's uh, got a very fast mind. Very <laughs> fast mind. Can I ask you how much longer we've got? 
Um, we're pretty much there. Do you have to use a toilet? You, no. you, you have a bladder of steel. Hey, McDonald's bro. is 24 hours, baby. I'm back, I'm back there in a minute. I'm back. Hey, it's that guy again. He left a massive log last time. I, I want to try something if you don't mind. Sure. I don't even know. You don't have any out thing. Out thing? You know, like... All right, here's the... Anyway, I'll, I'll just fucking do it. Yeah. I've been listening to a podcast called The Mental Illness Happy Hour the last few weeks. Okay. Very, very dark, very, very deep, very about, about depression and mental illness. And he always finishes with this thing. So I want to just do it. So loves and hates, basically. Okay. We just go around the table. We say maybe two or three each. Mm-hmm. So I love driving in the car with my arm on the window when the sun's out. You're so right. I, I say something yeah, I love. Up. Okay. <laughs> um, shit. Anything. I love the smell of someone else smoking a joint. Ah. <laughs> How's that one? Good. I like that one. <laughs> See, that, that's put me in a hard pot because I, I like both of those things. <laughs> <laughs> um, Can be any, anything at all in the world. Um. You can do it. <laughs> I can't think of anything. Um, oh, it's Jeopardy music. <laughs> I like. You love. I, you I love a cold can of Coke on a hot day. Nice. Okay. Mm-hmm. I. This is going not too great, so I'm just. Gonna <laughs> <laughs> I hate with an absolute passion. One of my biggest hates in the world. Traffic lights. Inanimate object. Okay. I fucking. Hate them. Like, I'll... I hate them. Sometimes I love... Sometimes I'm actually driving down the road and I ask for a red light. Like, so I want... I sandwich? want Yeah, so I can or roll a cigarette or something like that. <laughs> like, I swear sometimes I'm the only person on the road wanting to get a red light. Okay. All right. I've never heard that. <laughs> I hate slow internet at hotels. <sighs> who... Why? Why does it happen? <laughs> Can't... Who have they got on this shit? I know. Worst IT department. And it's like first world countries as well. I know. Well. Come it on, is. guys. You go, to, you go to Malaysia and you've got better Wi-Fi in a cafe. Yeah. In a fucking cafe. <laughs> Here we go. Um, I hate so much. Um, oh, I think we said it before. I, I hate people driving with headphones. Mm. Okay. They're hard to spot, though, especially those iPhone ones. No, yeah. they're easy to spot with the yeah. iPhones, the big bright white ones. Yeah, yeah. yeah I guess. But you think because, you know, they if there's an ambulance or a vehicle coming down the road with sirens on and someone's sitting there with headphones on, they can't hear it. I mean, you were saying before that you listen to podcasts. You can see the but lights. But there's though. a lot of people that just blur mm. their music and just... It's yeah. as if they shut off the rest of the world when they're driving, which is not the safest thing to That's do. That's the idea, mate. <laughs> <laughs> One last one, then. I love settling into my favourite chair in my backyard... When I know my favorite podcast has a new episode waiting for me, and mm-hmm. I have a beer, and I have a cigarette, and the sun is out. Those are multiple likes. Hours just, I can, <laughs> yeah, oh, shit, I just <laughs> took it rogue. <laughs> I'll say one more. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the feeling of guilt after a good wank. <laughs> really? Mm. <laughs> oh. It's those one week you like ones. It. Yeah, where you're like, oh, that was bad. Do you know the... the oh, I know exactly what you're talking the, about. The certain point as you're beating <clears throat> off where you're like, what's, 
what's wrong with me? No, no, not during. No? It's not never during. during. Never. Mm. I'm always just like, let's yeah. get this done. <laughs> I'm loving this. No, it's world, the world is suspended when I'm doing that. Yeah. There's nothing... nothing Nothing else can hurt me at that point. I love, how, I love how it went weird within three. <laughs> it can be it can be split seconds after. Yeah, that the, the, the 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 shame comes. Yeah, the shame. Yeah, yeah. Split okay, I, I I got one. I know. I okay, know. here we go. I love lying down in a soft bed after an entire day of either doing something like hard work or being out somewhere where you just lay down and say fuck it all. When you're done, yep. mm. <laughs> when you're done, especially when you've been up for like twenty. What's the longest you've been a- a- awake for? I'm, not, I'm sure, like well, I-, I hit new record record heights when I'm on tour, and you just don't sleep because there's just no time to sleep. Mm. Yeah, I'll always get an hour, even if or on the plane or whatever. Not on the plane. The, I can't sleep. I on can't sleep on planes. No, mm. so not on the plane. <laughs> the longest I've ever been awake was probably three days. Yeah, which was coming because I can't sleep on planes. I just get hammered and I can't sleep. Right. I was coming back from India, and the plane was on the tarmac for twelve hours. Ooh. Not legal. I don't even. They didn't even give us any drinks or anything. It was just fucked. Jesus. So I'd had that whole day of being awake. My flight was at like ten or eleven, and then I was on the tarmac for twelve hours. It took seven hours to fly to Singapore. I was waiting for like about 10 hours for my flight back to Perth got back home to Perth mum came and picked me up with a six pack of beer this is 8 in the morning I drink the six beers at home with mum tell her all the tales of India that's when I came out to her as well okay there you go that was about 5 years ago and stayed up that entire day too wow went to bed got up the next morning at 8am yeah I can get through it I can get through tiredness to the next day. Like, wow. I was just physically drained. Mm. Just my body was just rejecting me. Mm. But I can wake up the next day after that as if nothing happened. Mm. <laughs> do, do you... Sorry, just before. Do you start to... Obviously, by three days, you hit that point where you start to hallucinate a yeah. little bit. You yeah. start to hear things. You start to ramble and not know what you're talking about. You start to even see things. <laughs> like, huh? Yeah, huh. yeah. I mean, yours are obviously drug-induced. But I mean, <laughs> mine, mine are just flying, flying. But air travel, I love it and I hate it. I feel like the most important person in the world. And I feel like I'm in charge of everything. And I judge people. And I write in my notebook when I'm hammered. Oh, and it's, it's, a, it's a long-haul flight. <laughs> it's fun. The amount of ridiculous shit I've written in notebooks between Singapore and London. Mm-hmm. I've done that trip six times. And... I look back at that stuff and I'm like, what the fuck was going on in my mm. head? Yeah. But I don't feel like I'm king. I would wear a suit jacket on planes up until only a few years ago. Because it it's just a thing. Like, my granddad t- put it into me like, you have to look good when you travel. Now mm. I don't give a fuck. I'll wear That's, sweatpants. I've actually yeah. heard that there's... Old people still do that. If mm. you dress nicely on a plane, you're more likely to get an upgrade. Yes. Oh, yeah. Like, yes, I've heard stories yeah, about people waiting and just because they're dressed nicely, mm. they get offered a, f- a free upgrade in their flight. Yeah, I always yeah. get an aisle seat because of my height. I always just say, please, uh, please, just an aisle seat, please, because, you know, I'm a tall guy. And you can get out whenever the fuck you well, want. Well, that's yeah. the other thing. <laughs> you don't want to be stuck in a fucking three-seat aisle in the yeah. window and some fat cunt next to you is falling yeah. asleep. Doing that you- obligatory, excuse me, excuse me. <laughs> Uh, excuse me. Sorry. Oh, I, 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 window seat every fucking time. Yeah, I have to have a window seat. But you pee a lot. So you I know. Have, it's yeah. even funnier when I have to ask people to move. <laughs> <laughs> I was on a plane them. recently, and 
there was a window in the toilet. First time, I must wow. have been, you, like you, well, I've been on maybe 60 flights in my life, I'd say, maybe more. But this was the first time I'd ever been in a plane, and there was a window, a porthole window I've never in heard the shitter. Of I've never heard of that. Great. What airline was that? This was Air Asia, of all wow. fucking. Pl- wow. I might think again with flying there many times <laughs> soon, but. It's funny, yeah. I actually, uh, in the paper I saw today, um, the new Etihad A380. Um, no, it's ridiculous. It's the first class has got beds, you know, mm. and you have the, well they have a first class apartment, yeah. which is like got a chair, a bed, a big flat screen TV. But I I, I said to my auntie because my auntie showed me the article and I said, "What's the brace position if you're lying down?" Mm. Hug the bed. If if you're lying down, <laughs> yeah, you're you, gonna get fucked up. Yeah, <laughs> they're all dying. <laughs> yeah. It's like, like a pinball in that little little room. <laughs> It'd be like being in the washing machine during yeah. turbulence. <laughs> yeah. God damn. No, oh, but I, 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 many times I'll stay awake for two two days at a time. Mm. I, did, I did three days one time working at Soundwave, and fell asleep in the back of a van. Um, this was at Bastondine when I was setting up. And then the day of the gig, I finally got some sleep. So I fell asleep in the back of the van, <laughs> woke up and forgot the van was actually parked, like, in the actual, like, the area where the people were. Oh. Woke up and there's just fucking people everywhere. everywhere. I'm like, oh, no. Shit, now I've got to try and get the van out of the place. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's, that's the only thing that's dangerous about... St- like, I, I enjoy staying up, but really, your, your problem-solving skills go out the window. You're just like, mm, no, yeah. this, a simple problem, like, how do we carry this bit from there? You're just See, like, my, oh, my problem no. is, right, I'll, I'll stay awake for, say, a day up to almost 24, I've done like 36 hours, and you get past the point where you're sleepy and you're sort of, you're well, awake that, yeah. again, mm, you're energetic yeah, again. Yeah. And my, my, always, my thing is, I'll stay awake for the whole next day and then try and go to sleep at the reasonable time, like 10, 11 o'clock. But you only sleep three, four hours and you're back up. Either I'll sleep for three or four hours or I'll end up sleeping all the way till yeah. four o'clock the next day mm. and just fuck it up all again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I haven't put yeah. on nighter in a few years. Like mm. I used to do it all the time when I was writing my own music at home. Yeah. Just like, oh shit, it's six, eight. Oh, the sun's coming out. Whoops. Yeah. Uh, but I honestly, I'm too fucking old. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Well, if you, if you stay active and stuff, it's it's hard to do that, but... Yeah, I've had I've had weeks, especially with uni, where you just oh. basically in front of a computer for months, mm. and you're like, you forget, yeah, your whole body clock. You start hearing birds while you're writing your thesis. And you're like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Jesus. <laughs> well, that was good. One hour forty. Forty. Yeah. Oh, Jesus! Yeah. I was looking at it, my squinty eyes, and I thought it said one hour nineteen when it was thirty nine. <laughs> Shit. Yeah. Anything else we want to? So your your show. Plug some shit. Your show's um uh, once again January tenth, uh, which is a Saturday at Amplifier. The last ever mezzanine show. Come and see uh, a dead horse be flogged once more. <laughs> no, nah, it should be good. I, I, we rehearsed last week for the first time in six months, and it was fantastic. The lineup is great. Oh, so. it's a fucking great lineup too. Mm. Be there or be square. Now my podcast, which is in episode. Eight coming out tomorrow. Well done. It's called The Cough, The Cough Podcast. Please go and have a listen. It's on iTunes iTunes, as well. all the usual... Pl- I say all the usual places because I don't know what any of the others are. Mm. We'll, yeah, uh, link, we'll link, actually... Link a brother. Mm, we'll, we'll put a link down at the bottom of the episode once we go live. And cool. uh, it'll... 
yeah. the cough podcast come and have a listen if you've enjoyed it's good my it's, bullshit today it's way more organized than we are but we, we <laughs> <laughs> well uh, thanks for having me on it was good it was therapeutic good. almost yeah, yeah. very very good that's that's the whole idea it's therapy for me as well this would have cost me 320 dollars with my shrink <laughs> Maybe I'll fucking. They can. cost a lot. <laughs> can I just come around and you not press record, and we'll uh, and then I'll just I'll just pay you like twenty bucks. Or I'll s- I'll, we'll secretly press record. <laughs> yeah. No, but but do come back. I think it's it's cool. I think uh, we definitely need more podcasts here in Perth, let alone in Australia. Definitely, mm, that's in this scene because we're I don't unless it, it's either really really small. Like just people doing individual sort of podcasts, or really big, like the Triple J podcast. Like, there's no middle ground. Yeah, I know. There's yeah. It's 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 there for the taking. Let's put it, it that really way. Is, it yeah. is there for the fucking taking. Yeah. Because we're lucky. As I said earlier, we're lucky that America's oversaturated with podcasts. Every you know, the janitor at the fucking Seven Eleven's got a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but over here, it's like you know, people don't know what it is or whatever. So we're putting the flag in man mm. fucking have a listen and it, it's something that I, I I bug people about which probably annoys them but you know every 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 media outlet including Express and all, all those print me I'm like if you you know if you if you feel like it just do a podcast where all the editors get together and talk about stuff that's you know on what? their mind and I, last week we were both in the same place because my partner was over from Sydney mm-hmm. to do the podcast with yep. me in person and I kept calling it the live podcast. Mm-hmm. We're doing it next week live. And he's like, no, it's not fucking live. We don't have a crowd. That is my <laughs> aim. That we, Mission Control and The Cough, in two years' time, can do a fucking like, a p- live podcast mm-hmm. from like a small you know, room. Yep. Not, not the small as this room, but I'm talking <laughs> where you can put seats in and yeah. charge someone $3 or something. Yeah. I, I, just, I just want to have like a glass window with another room where people can be sitting in the other room and so you can like make <laughs> fun you. of them and stuff. <laughs> no, like, like, like a zoo. And I end up with like a producer in the other room going, fuck, <laughs> see that? Fucking cut it. Live. A fucking live podcast is my, I don't know, it's a little, little, little goal maybe. I, mm. funnily enough, this is probably revealing too much, which probably means it's, it's good, but, um, I've always thought of you know during well we're we're about to run into it now but the the fringe festival right ah now you have the so you you rent out a, a a tent a Spiegel tent uh you charge very little five dollars and you get random combinations of fringe artists to come oh, on oh man right and then you 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 have a moderator which is basically running the podcast it's all taped live. And it's also a live show. So anyone that misses the show can just download it yeah. and hear the laughs. You know, it's like a comedy show. And it's moderated. And, and it, it it has the capacity to be probably political within the local community. So we can get maybe someone from the bakery on to say, why is it closing? Blah, yeah. blah, blah. And then you get artists talking to each other. And it's a whole event, and you're like, uh, "Damn, you thought of it already." <laughs> now, it. no, someone's going to steal it now. <laughs> but I'm thinking of 2016, baby. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 would you like, go, would you go to something like that? Fucking oath. But yeah. I mean, I'm a podcast addict, so yeah, yes. Yeah, but definitely. yeah, like a bring artists in to talk about shit, and, and they're all there. Real. Everyone's there. Don't fucking sugarcoat anything. Or you know, no. guy does it. Tom Ford does a fucking show, mm. right? His show finishes. At you know, ten. Mm-hmm. You do the show at ten thirty. Yeah, he comes across. You got an audience. You talk. Yeah, 
Maybe it. maybe even have him moderate it and, yeah. and, and take uh, add, add towards the end. You know, questions from the audience. How do you feel about this? Yeah, yeah. How, why is this shutting down? And why is and actually have some communication happening between people. Yeah. Well, this fucking podcast has had more false finishes than my second, <laughs> than my sex, I am, my I sex am life. notorious. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, I'm, yeah. On. The amount of times I've said, all right, let's wrap it up and we do another half hour. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's <laughs> great. It's terrible. It's great. Well, it's a good sign, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Um, you're going back to... Uh, two two weeks, I'll be in back in weeks. Melbourne. We, we might do a couple more yeah, episodes have a few more then, before yeah. then. Yeah. And uh, you're always welcome to come back on. Many thanks. I think uh, eventually we'll hit the end of our network and we'll have to get everyone that we had back on. <laughs> Doing yeah. we just <laughs> Round Robin, just one. play everyone twice. Exactly, yeah. yeah. And good luck with the podcast and good luck with uh, your musical endeavours yeah. after, after Mezzanine. Come and see me at a, at a comedy show if you see my name on a bill. Absolutely. Fucking all yeah. happening, man. Hell yeah. Thanks, Corey. Cheers. Cool. Cheers. Bye.